everybody. Welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast, the only podcast where I'm here. Uh, I'm Jahananan. I'm a game master. Uh, some would say of extraordinariness, and uh, I also like board games, and I'm a guru. So, yeah. I'm Casualty CDG. I'm a retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian. And tonight, we're here to give you scabies! And my name is Drew. I'm just kidding. I'm the professional <laughs> media and movie mastermind, the funhouse, Drew Munhausen. And uh, I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and bright. It's so wonderful to see all of you today. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm always, I'm always enjoying this. Uh, Everybody, welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast. This is episode 23 of the podcast. We're recording is. on December 11th, 2021. And uh, the the holidays are, are quickly approaching or here for some of you. And uh, Gary is, is showing some festive attire. Jahan is back in his special Lord of the Rings Christmas sweater. And uh, I'm liking the vibes that these guys are giving off today. I, I gotta admit. Yeah, that's right. It is the season, right? So earlier today, yesterday, yesterday I went to the grocery store and there was just a little girl screaming Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> and so then it made everybody pretty happy. And then today I was at the grocery store and the employees were putting up Christmas decorations and they were like laughing and fucking off and having a good time. And so today was just full of holiday cheer. Yesterday was full of holiday cheer. So why not, you know, why not throw on the Santa hat and help spread a little bit of that magical holiday cheer? <laughs> you know, when you, when you say the little girl yelling Merry Christmas to everybody, it's one of those things that could either be extremely annoying or extremely charming. You know, just I, have, on the I have great news for you. We had we were just paying as she came in the door. So it was great for us. We paid and we left. And so maybe everyone there had a horrible time, but... <laughs> Uh, not us. We quite enjoyed ourselves. <laughs> Were you charmed? Officially charmed? Uh, mm, yes. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> let's the fe let the festivity begin. Right. Let the let the good charms. Let the good vibes spread. Uh, Merry holidays. Ah, it's good to see you getting into the spirit. I didn't think I would see that. <clears throat> uh, I'm a huge I, Christmas guy. I love Christmas. I like the holidays. I just hate Christmas music. Mm. I think that's a pretty easy, a pretty fair distinction to make. Like, I, I like the lights on the house. I like the tree. I like the the gatherings, the festivities. I just think Christmas music is annoying as fuck. It's the same playlist every year since I was, like, for 30 years, right? And, like, every now and then there's the same song in a new version. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Mariah Carey is probably making enough off of her Christmas song to, like, buy a small country at this point <laughs> i was out running errands today with my wife and doing some christmas shopping and stuff so of course we had you know the radio station tuned to whichever local station is the one that plays christmas music all day and i i think that why just why getting in and out of our car driving around i had to have heard all i want for christmas is you like four five times at least just getting in and out of the car today <laughs> i love it year. Every year with this, why do people keep doing this to themselves? See, I enjoy uh, when people like are annoyed around me. It makes me happy. I don't know because I'm a dick, I guess. But so I love 
repetitive Christmas music. I think it's hilarious. We just got confirmation that Jahan is an energy vampire. Maybe. Maybe. It's entirely possible. I don't know. I always have songs stuck in my head, so it's kind of nice that other people are subjected to the inside of my brain for a <laughs> season, you know? <clears throat> There's something wrong with you, son. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I need medication or something. <laughs> well, on that note... You know, speaking of the holidays, of course, the past few episodes of the podcast, I've been doing my little Oscar minute because I always say how award season's coming up, but this is and this is the season for all of that. And uh, we actually got uh, kind of snuck up on me personally. I kind of forgot it was happening until the day of. But the Game Awards happened this week, which are an interesting show. Have Have either of you actually sat and watched the Game Awards? Not I'm just curious. Recently, no. So, yeah, I, wanted, I was thinking the same thing maybe back in, like, high school, right? I used but to I, watch them all the time. And I think G4 TV used to do their own Game Awards. Maybe that's what I watched. So they, this show is produced by, or hosted and I think produced by Jeff Keighley, who's an industry veteran. And the show, I think it's been since 2014. I think this was the seventh show or something like that. And it's it's become... So they have all their awards, right? You know, in the game of the year and, and then genres, you know, best action adventure game, best horror game or whatever it may be, the breakdown. But the true reason I feel like people tune in to watch it are, you know, not to disrespect the video game developers that work on all these games because they, this is their, their livelihood and they put a lot of work into it. But I feel like the mass, um, the, 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 majority of people who tune into the game awards that stream it live are streaming it to see the game announcements and trailers that are shown during Most definitely, the award yeah. ceremony because it has become a almost E3 like event where there are just trailers um and game announcements sprinkled throughout the show um and even this year we saw a lot of actual trailers for other things uh video game adjacent like we saw uh, a trailer for the Halo series on Paramount Plus, and there was a trailer for the Sonic 2 movie that gave us our first look at uh, Idris Elba's Knuckles. <laughs> Did either of you see the trailer? I, I have indeed seen Idris Elba's Knuckles before. But I mean, not his fists. You know, we're talking the CG character Knuckles, like the <laughs> character from the Sonic. And oh, that's my Sonic mistake, Drew. Video game that's my mistake. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure there was no confusion out there. No, I was very confused. I was. I'm on for that one. I'm in. I'm on board. So it looks like the knuckles that I just looked it up. Right. It looks like the the knuckles they're using is the one that they kind of went with in the newer animated series, where they they widened his torso out a little bit, made him a little bit buffer. And yeah. so this is a look that's already been around for knuckles, and I'm used to it already. So I like the look. I'm I'm on board. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, Tails look good. Sonic still looks good ever since they changed it from the <laughs> when the, there was the huge fan backlash for the first ever. So I, I hate fan backlash when it like they're like, hey, you better do that. But in this case, he looked so stupid. And like they, they did fix him. He looked like uh, the kid from Jumanji when he was turning into a monkey. Oh, that's actually a really good comparison he That's looked exactly just like him <laughs> you know a lot of times i like to tell you guys what the best search engine in the world pulls up whenever i search things in it uh, and so i looked up what knuckles looks like in sonic 2 my my search was knuckles sonic movie 2 of course i'm using bing 
the first image is a fan-made Sonic Movie 2 female Knuckles rendering. <laughs> and so it is just a Knuckles with big old breasticles. And so... Do people just use Bing for porn? I think everyone is trolling like Bing's engine at this point, right? I think everyone's on board. It's not just us anymore. People are doing creative things with this bad engine. It's really funny. Uh, Speaking of the yeah. uh, the Jumanji movie that you you referenced, Jahan, mm. that movie when I was a child um, terrified me. The part where he initially gets sucked into the board game scared me, and then the part where the kid starts turning it into a monkey nope, wasn't having it as a kid. Yeah, yeah, that's the stuff of nightmares. I I love that movie, but I could see it freaking somebody out. I love it now, but as a child, it, it took me a while. I had to be slowly ushered in. Fair. Are you uh, are you guys fans of Sonic? The Sonic uh, multi, the Sonic multiverse, as it is. I'm not sure what to call the Sonic universe. No, I think that people have too much nostalgia for the old Sonic games, and that they're not actually very good. Oh, like the games? Yeah, the older games. Uh, I'm not. Uh, it's what not about, my thing. Uh, not to cut you off, John. What I was, I was also thinking in my head, Drew. What about the old cartoons growing up? I never uh, really watched them that much. I, I mean, I know of them. I'd see it occasionally, and I know I had friends that liked them. But I, I just was one of those that I never was able to catch it when it was on. I guess all about silly dogs, which mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. Uh, he was voiced by Steve Urkel. <laughs> Was he really? Uh, yeah, but, he was. You no, know, I, I watched that show all the time, and I thought it was great. Um, but no, I don't. I don't have too much to solve for Sonic. But I actually liked the movie. Uh, I, I like. And I was told it was a huge steaming pile of shit, and then I watched. it, I was like, this is fine. I went into it expecting it to be terrible and thought it was surprisingly fun. Like, yeah. I wouldn't sit here and argue that it's, like, a fantastic movie oh, by no. any means. But I, it had it was more fun than it had any right to be, it, I thought. Yeah, I, it delivered on the promise. It was a Sonic movie that was completely watchable with family. Uh, and the second one actually looks like it might be pretty good. Yeah, well, I, 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 I have nostalgia for Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, and it was the most Jim Carrey that he's been in years. Yeah. It looks like, you know, he initially was not very robotnicky, but by the end of it had become very robotnicky. And so I dare I say I think this Sonic movie might be better than the other one. He looked uh, very robotnicky throughout the trailer and just going all out yeah, Jim Carrey. Sure so did. I'm, I'm well, now, now he's going to he's going to come back from uh, traveling dimensions, and he's probably going to have like minions and stuff. I don't know. I'm excited. Did he I... do any films in between Sonic and Sonic Two, or is he going straight from the? I, I don't I'm, think so. I don't think because I know Sonic be the only one who knew the answer to that. Yeah, so I just know Sonic came out right before the pandemic started. I think in February 2020. So I had, it was one of the last movies I saw in theaters before the world shut down almost two years ago. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a big fan of the Sonic-verse, I, I gotta tell you. I, I know some of the obscure characters, not all of them, but I liked the Sonic games for Sega. I had a Genesis in my room. I had the uh, the thing that you could pull, like the Game Shark, or no, was it the Game Shark? It was the Sonic Knuckles attachment. Like, you plugged it into the top of the thing, and it went into the top of your Sega. Uh, it was super dope. <laughs> I played the crap out of Sonic Adventure Battles with the raising the chows, like raising the little pets in the sanctuaries. You could make them good or evil or teach them flight or fighting or all this swimming. 
and like make them play little games with each other and train them up. I had a ton of fun with that. Uh, and of course, like I said, I've watched even the most recent, some of the most recent live action Sonic stuff. I mean, it's not great. It's kids shows, but, uh, you know, I've seen it. I'm, I'm a fan of Sonic as it stands. I've seen the new Sonic movie. I think yeah. I watched it twice and I don't remember it so I well it. Either, either time. I remember the beginning is fine and the end is like, meh. <laughs> whatever Meh. i like that our game awards talk quickly just became a deep dive of Look, sonic the Hit- headshot hey franchise. gary likes i'm sonic. for it. i'm good Look, i'm good yeah with it. i like sonic I, i'm here i'm putting my flag down and I, I like sonic i don't dislike sonic uh i like a lot of his newer games were pretty good i remember the one on the wii that you like use tilt controls on was pretty fun uh i remember playing that one a lot I think Sonic's a pretty iconic character uh, as it stands as well. Like, I like Sonic and Tails and Knuckles, and I like... And Robotnik, I think, is a funny villain. I like the (laughs) characters, but I just think if you go back and try to play the Sonic games from the Genesis days, that when it blew up, I just think that they're kind of blah. Like, I thought they were fun as a kid, but you go back, I just don't think they hold up. They're kind of meh, yeah. Uh, have this nostalgic space for it, which I mean, good for Sonic, good for Sega, because they're still making Sonic games to this day. But I don't have a lot of love for retro gaming. That's just not my passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not going to go back and play Mario. I'm not going to go back and play Super Mario Two, and I'm not going to go back and play Sonic, or you know, even Crazy Taxi. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm not going to go back and play any old games yeah, now. Gary hates retro of, gaming and remakes. So. There's a lot of new, free, great stuff to play, and there's a lot of indie developers putting stuff out where I don't need to be paying these major companies uh, to play the same old stuff. It's fair. Uh, what else happened at the Game Awards, Drew? Well, you know, I'll start off with the biggest award, which, the Game of the Year award, which I, you know, we talked about this actually we did. the last week or two on our show. And I said it was it, one of the greatest games I've ever played in my entire life. Uh, yeah, the Game of the Year went to It Takes Two, did. which I know Jahan was talking about really enjoying and having a great co-op experience. So, um, sounds like that was well-deserved. I've yet to play it, but... Andy uh, and I actually played a little bit of It Takes Two last week. We played for like maybe two or three hours. Did you see game of the year potential there while you were playing it? Um, it's very cool. It's very fun, and it's made me laugh out loud multiple times, which you know games don't generally do. Like I don't remember the last time laughing out loud in games since like Conker's Bad Fur Day, and that was like it, it ha- sort of has that same old comedic style of Banjo Kazooie and Conker's Bad Fur Day, that adventure comedy that you you get the comedy along the story. Um, it's it's not that inappropriate, but it's a great time. Yeah, it's a really fun game. It's beautifully written, and the environments are really cool, and of course, your skills and weapons and mini-games kind of change between every map. How far did you get? We, I mean, we played for like two or three, two hours. So, from what I understand, it's only like a 15-hour game, or even a 12-hour game. That's pretty lengthy for a co-op, for a fully co-op game. I've, I've played it for a while. Uh, I played it for a while. And we haven't beaten it yet, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe um, we just throw, take forever, but yeah. I'll shout out a couple other games here because um, Deathloop won a few Lord. awards, Best Art Direction, Best Game Direction, Best Narrative went to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which I actually talked about recently, and I beat it, uh, and I actually really enjoyed it, and I, it did have a really good narrative. So that was um, that was well-deserved. 
Um, let's see. Audio design for For Forza Horizon Five. Best score. Near replicant. Uh, you know who didn't win a single award? Cyberpunk. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what a tragedy. They weren't even nominated for Game of the Year, actually. No. I'm looking now. I know I saw that Best Score in Music. They're nominated for that. Um, gosh, I know I saw them other places. Yeah, they've been. They were on a couple other things. Uh, yeah, Best yeah. Performance, which is an interesting category for uh, Resident Evil Village. Uh, Maggie Robertson. She played the giant uh, lady that lady everyone was hot for. Yeah. I played I... that game. I liked it a lot. I like Resident Evil. Um, it takes two on a few things. Best multiplayer game, of course. Um, and then the player's voice. They There's a, a, a bracket for players to vote on their favorite. And Halo Infinite won. So there you go. <laughs> Whatever. What? How I think did it's... Halo Infinite win? Gary, bro, game? I've been talking to other people. Other people like it. The camp game just came out. How would it win for best? Oh, that's fair. That's a fair point. Like, what mm. the fuck? That's not even. Mindless uh, loyalty is how it won. That is a bonkers, bogus list is what it is. It's probably so... the only game title half of those people could spell. So. Ugh. <laughs> I, I wonder I was... if Microsoft really threw big. money towards the... The performance. Oh, yeah. I, I was surprised at how many names that they had there that um, that did. Now, some were remote in, you know, they weren't live at the show. But, I mean, Giancarlo Esposito um, was there in person. They showed him in the crowd and everything, and he presented the award for Best Independent Game. Um, Laura Bailey and Ashley Johnson were there presenting, which, of course, are well known in the in the voice acting and, and mocap world. Um, ben Schwartz, Sonic, you know, he, he voices Sonic and he the trailer. <laughs> you say Sonic, uh, I think Jean Ralphio. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> John Ralphio's Sonic? There for. Yeah, man, John Ralphio's <laughs> Sonic. Um, Simu Liu, uh, Shang-Chi himself, presented Best Action Game. He was there in person, too. Hideo Kojima, uh, he, he was via video, so was Guillermo del Toro. Um, Ming-Na Wen was there in person. Oh, and, wow. You know, is in The Mandalorian and is going to be in the... Mulan, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's the voice of Mulan. Mulan, The so, Mandalorian, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Paul George was there, the NBA player, and he presented Best Action Adventure Game and seemed surprisingly into video games. Like, he did not seem like they forced him, you know, at gunpoint to be there to present an award. Like, he seemed like he was... He, he maybe games. So that was... So that was kind of fun to see. Um, Keanu Reeves and Carrie on Ma Carrie Ann Moss uh, presented a trailer for The Matrix Awakens, which is like the big Unreal Five engine debut with this kind of Matrix trailer thing. Yeah, I heard. And about uh, that. Neil Druckmann presented Game of the Year, which Neil Druckmann, if you, I don't know if y'all are familiar, but he's been the head honcho over at Naughty Dog, so you know was the lead on Uncharted and The Last of Us, and he's one of those video game guys that's kind of uh, he's he's kind of surpassing the 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 medium because he has actually he was the game director for things like The Last of Us and he's directing a few if not all episodes of The Last of Us TV series for HBO. So it's kind of interesting how he's made that leap. I actually don't think he directs all of them. I think it might just be some. But 
Uh, I'm really just kind of talking up my ass on that because I, <laughs> I, I know for a fact he's directing in some capacity. Uh, uh, some of the some of the uh, really interesting. So a lot of these games that won, well, not a lot, but a few of them I hadn't even heard of, and I was like, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's less surprising in indie game. Uh, you know, you can't hear about every indie game, but the winner of that of best indie game and best debut indie game uh kenna bridge of spirits have you seen that game yes because it's a it's a kind of actiony game that's up my alley it's a ps5 exclusive right now i don't know if it's for ps4 also but i know it's a playstation exclusive um it might be on pc also i, I think, think it was an epic game store exclusive as well I, th- I think it's a one of those exclusivity windows that it might come to Xbox eventually, but it's debuting on PlayStation exclusively. It looks amazing. Yeah. It looks so good. Yeah, it looks you have like a staff, like a magic staff, and it looks like you can learn all kinds of different powers to use with it. Uh, and it, something about uh, gathering like spirit minions. Uh, kind of like that one game we played all the time, Gary. Remember? Um, no, a game where we gather spirit minions. Yeah! Um, the one where we ziplined from... Yeah, Island that one. Island. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of something like that. Something hollow. Something hollow, yeah. Uh, but the other uh, indie... Drake. Drake's hollow. Drake's hollow, yeah. Uh, it sounds kind of like that, uh, but it looks crazy. Uh, some of the other nominees for best indie game I have heard of. Uh, Inscription and Loop Hero, specifically. Have you played either of those, Drew? No, but I've played 12 Minutes, which was another one of the best independent game. I've had that. I downloaded that on my Xbox because it's free on Game Pass, and I haven't given it a chance yet. How I is did it? not like it. You didn't like it? It's interesting. I It, it, it was kind of confusing. I ended up getting frustrated with it, but I wanted to see how it ended, so I followed a guide for some of it just to get to the end to see what was going on with it, and it uh, it didn't go where I wanted it to necessarily. It's It's interesting. It's a it's a time loop game, you know, like yeah. a, a Groundhog Day esque story, but it's the same twelve minutes that repeats. Yeah. Uh, and then, also, uh, you might be happy about. Do you have VR, Drew? Do you have any VR? I don't. I had a PlayStation VR for a while, and I just never had it hooked up, and there were too many cords, and so I ended up selling it eventually. Well, the best but VR I had it, game, and I. I thought it was incredible for a while when there was when it was new and and pretty. There just wasn't enough coming out for it at the time that I felt justified to own it. But I do think Fair. it's kind of a way of the future for games. Yeah. No, I mean I've been seeing like haptic vests and stuff are becoming more affordable. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, Resident Evil Four won best VR game. Funny enough. Uh... Yeah, and I'll say this just from kind of watching the show, the bit that I did. My biggest takeaway was that a lot of the awards themselves were just, in in my opinion, completely overshadowed because they would be bookended by trailers and mm. announcements and people showing up to to reveal those. And so, I think that maybe the presentation of that took away from the award winners themselves. But you know, what what did you? What are you going to do? It's still cool to see all the announcements. I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm, there were so many announcements that we would be here all night going through all of them. But yeah. I mean, I'll, we can point out a couple if there's any that you, that either of you really want to note. Uh, if you want me to start, I'll, 
I'll say I was just really happy to finally see Suicide Squad kill the Justice League game, actual gameplay footage, because it looks pretty much exactly how I thought it would look, but that's a good thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it looks uh, like what I was expecting. Uh, I didn't see that gameplay footage. Is it like a 3D action beat-em-up type of situation? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's developed by Rocksteady, who did... Is that right? Yeah, Rocksteady. They did the Batman Arkham games, so kind of think in in line of that. Yeah, it did look a lot like that. It's multiplayer cooperative too, right? I believe so, and it looked very... Here's the thing, though. The Arkham games are kind of... They have really good combat, but there's a lot of exploration, slow-paced narrative stuff in between. Suicide Squad looked like it might be a lot more action-packed. Almost... It kind of gave me... um, What's that game called? Uh, Sunset Overdrive vibes, okay. if y'all ever played that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, switching between King Shark and Captain Boomerang and Harley Quinn and, and Deadshot. So it looked it looked fun. The characters look dope, man. Like, uh, I saw, you said Bloodshot, right? Uh, he was, like, jetpacking around, uh, which is really cool. And then uh, King Shark's just going around and ripping people in half and using a minigun. Looks like fun. It's actually Deadshot. I it's believe. Deadshot. Bloodshot, I think, is who Vin Diesel Vin Diesel was Bloodshot. Yeah, that's right. But Deadshot is who Will Smith played in the, in the first, excuse me, not the Suicide Squad, just Suicide Squad. But then Idris Elba was... Oh, it's something similar. Blood it's something sport? between those. Bloodsport. Yeah. Okay. So See, shot, that's why I got confused. Bloodshot and Bloodsport are all different characters. Hey, I'm Sportshot. <laughs> I'm sports blood. I'm dead sport. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, no, it looked exactly like what I wanted it to look like. I'm pretty excited for that one, actually. I realized I made a huge mistake in that a lot of the stuff that I wish that I, that I want Gary to see, I probably should have sent to him because they showed, you know, Saints Row gameplay. So I would be interested to get your take on that. I don't know if you watched that, Gary. No, I didn't, but I would love to. I'm kind of glad they pushed it back now in hindsight. Um, I hope it's good when it comes out and not bad. Yeah, I I also hope that it's good <laughs> and not bad. I hope that most things Man, are good and not bad. I was going to trash Halo and I decided not to at the last second, but they pushed Halo back, what, a year and a half and they still just released a beta? That's not, I mean, it's very well received but well we'll talk about it or i'll for sure talk about it more later because the the campaign is out and i have a lot to say about it so i'll I'll talk about that in a little bit i did so they pushed it back and i hope it's (laughs) i hope it's good and not bad (laughs) (laughs) they showed the trailer for star wars eclipse which is a new star wars game and this finally is you know outside of the EA realm um, since that deal is now over. Finally, EA does not have exclusive publishing rights for Star Wars games, so this is being developed by uh, Quantic Dream, who did games like Detroit Become Human and Heavy Rain, and a lot of those that I really liked. And Gary, I know you liked Detroit Become Human, so I I don't know. Because this was just an FMV trailer, which looked really cool. Don't get me wrong. It looked awesome. But we have no idea how that game's going to play or anything. I would assume, based on Quantic Dream history, that it's going to be a narrative 
ba- you know narrative choice based game similar to Detroit, but it might be a you know a full action game of some sort. I don't know. No, the the trailer shows no gameplay, obviously, but it was a really good trailer, though. It is in early development, which yeah. means twenty twenty three at earliest, probably. Uh, I'm totally on board with that, and in reference to Detroit, that's maybe my favorite PlayStation title of all time. Damn. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. Damn. Uh, yeah, and then, so there's a couple other uh, announcements. Uh, Telltale is apparently back, which is crazy, uh, and cool, because those people do cool games. I love the Walking Dead series, but they're doing uh, Star Trek. And one I'm more excited for, uh, The Expanse. Me and Gary, uh, we were doing an Expanse game, uh, TTRPG, for a long time, a campaign. And we both liked the show. Uh, We might start up a campaign again sometime. Uh, But The Expanse game looked really fun. Yeah, I think we would be remiss to not include a shout-out for anything involving The Expanse on this podcast in particular, considering... Y'all have streamed the Expanse. Uh, are y'all are y'all doing an Expanse campaign currently, or is it? We ended it recently. I think we did a twenty-five episode run uh, available on video on demand on YouTube. So there you go. And then there's some other things too. You know, um, a Plague Tale two. They showed gameplay. Um, there's some new release date stuff. Like this made me laugh. There was a game that was revealed in 2017 i think um for xbox called tunic and it's a zelda like uh game where you play as a little fox character and it's been one of those games that's just kind of become a joke every year of like when's this thing actually coming out they finally announced that it is coming out uh early 2022 so that's actually going to see the light of day there's more cuphead there's a golem lord of the rings game <laughs> i don't know how to feel um, about the golem game man it's interesting because it's not based in the movie world i think it's its own thing so it's just a golem stealth based game <laughs> it's like splinter cell except you're golem mm-hmm. and yeah, you have everyone. no weapons and <clears throat> everyone golem. is out there just begging for that piece of shit <laughs> it might be really good who knows yeah, sure Which, Uh, speaking of Lord of the Rings games, the group that did the uh, Shadow of Mordor games, um, I don't know if either of you played those. Oh, huge fan of Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, they're doing a Wonder Woman game. Oh, are they doing it? Interesting. I liked those games. I like the engine, but, you know, I have the same complaints that you're always going to get from me. Uh, I want character customization. I want to be the guy. Uh, fair. I, I want to be the guy. That's See, it. that's that's, that's just that will never be a deal breaker for me because like it's. I think it's cool to be able to play as characters you know, or uh, if they want a, a or a tailored story based around you know, like being a part of the narrative. Uh, so much so as a pre-made character is fine for me. I like it. I think, so, um... Gary hates it. That's I don't always just... hate it, but I, I particularly in that style of role-playing adventure game, I would like to make my own guy because you get, you know, deeply connected to the character and I want to customize it. I want to be able to do everything. I don't just want to ride yeah. on this guy's shoulder through the through the story. That's fair. 
I'll do one more one more uh, mention. The Halo series, TV series, that'll be on Paramount Plus. Got a real trailer. I mean, it was a short trailer, but more than just a, a teaser. And it looked right. Like it looked good. It looked the production value and stuff looked really good. So we'll see. I'm st- I still can't help but be even as a Halo fan a little bit hesitant about it. I feel like it's just. I don't think it's going to be good. Almost doomed from the start. Like, are fans going to be happy with it? Can fans be happy with it? I just don't know. No. There's no way. I have a sinking feeling. I watched the trailer, too, and the trailer did look cool visually. I just have a feeling that the show is going to be a lot of people standing around talking about the politics of the war and, like, not enough awesome alien fighting. Yeah, I'm going to see Chief, you know dropping in from orbit and landing on his feet and you know yeah if you want to see awesome alien fighting might i direct you to starship troopers yes <laughs> the perfect movie yeah no you're not wrong absolutely so honestly the game awards there's just so many announcements that it's kind of hard to podcast about because you would literally have to do you know, a three to four hour show just to be able to go through every announcement and give thoughts. But I think, I think we did a decent job pointing out some of the highlights or things that we are actually excited for. So if you, if you happen to be a developer or somebody that worked on one of these games and we didn't talk about your game, I'm sorry. Oh, speaking of which, actually real quick, uh, congratulations to age of empires for being strategy game of the year. Uh, we had just interviewed, their uh, narrative director, Noble Smith, not that long ago, uh, and they won Best uh, uh, Strategy Slash Sim Game. Good. Was there a category for Best Dad Game? Because I hear that one's on the list for Best Dad Game. That's that's the word. Right? <laughs> Age of Empires. <laughs> that Age of Empires is a total dad game. I mean, yeah, it's like the History Channel mixed with uh, an RTS, and it's pretty... I like it. I enjoy it. I do. I do, too, but... You're like, you know, you could be a, a dad. You could be a dad. Look, you've been holding a baby for like a week. How's it How's it feel on you? Feels pretty you good. Got a, got a brand new baby niece and you're loving it. I do. I do love my new niece. So, John, you got, you've got some dad vibes. Drew, you don't really play a whole lot of PC games, right? I do not. So, see, I, I, I would love to throw you under the bus here, but you're not a PC guy. Well... Should we move on to our fresh out the box? Yeah, sure. For the week. Uh, did we talk about Star Wars Eclipse? Is yes, that a thing? We did talk. Yeah, about we Star talked Wars. about it. Okay, that's the one, the Quantic Dream one that we. That's right. Quantic Dream is making that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that trailer was. I thought of that I watched it right during that, so I forgot. I missed most of what you said. <laughs> Gary, Gary the doing the Lord's work and and just watching trailers and not you know listening what? to us. But I respect let's, it. Let's just be honest here. I was looking at the trailer because I wanted to keep up. Okay, it wasn't because I didn't want to keep up. Uh, there were lots of stars. There were lots of drums, and there were spaceships. So it's got everything you could want out of a Star Wars game. I'm excited. All right, let's. There, there definitely was a villainous character in it that looked straight up like Voldemort from the Harry Potter movies. Oh, really? <laughs> I, th- I thought he looked. I thought he looked like uh, Thanos's homeboy with the mind control. Yeah, very similar. Ebony very Ma. Similar. They're in the same yeah. same realm. Ebony Ma. That's right. Yeah, it looked like he just threw on like a cybernetic eye. It's good to see he's still getting work in Hollywood. <laughs> Oh, goodness. 
All right, all right. So let's get to what we've been watching. Does anybody want to start? Drew wants to start. Okay, I'll start because I actually saw a movie today that I'm ready to gush about. I saw Steven Spielberg's adaptation of West Side Story. And this is probably my first five of the five, uh, five out of five this year. Um, this is a masterpiece. This is that good. It's that good. It's that good. Movies, man. I love movies. High praise. This is the type of movie that made me say, man, I love movies. Hmm. It was that good. Um, I don't have nostalgia for West Side Story. It's not a show that I've, you know, there's a, a film version from 1961 that's, that's still very popular and you know has a lot of fans and i had actually not seen it and i watched it earlier this week and it still holds up actually it's it's very good too with the exception of the fact that um all the puerto ricans in the film are mostly played by white actors in brownface that's and that's you know just a known thing that that you know is unfortunately a product product of its time so just removing that element from it the movie itself itself still holds up well and but then steven spielberg has just with his directorial skill has taken it to a new level um with this version that's in theaters this weekend i mean i don't even know what else to say that's where my i feel pretty at the beginning of the show came from because that's a song from west side story but i like um, to imagine uh that it wasn't racism that made white people in brown face that it was just like <laughs> after he made the movie he was like puerto ricans are real like you know <laughs> like he didn't know or something because uh, that's a better world to live in than the thought it was a made-up fantasy people yeah fantasy he didn't know yeah, no, I didn't. new york city is real what the hell are you talking about <laughs> And for anybody who's been living under a rock and doesn't really know the story of West Side Story at all, I mean, it's it's Romeo and Juliet. It's like a modernized version of it that is uh, gangs fighting over territory in New York. Um, that's a, you know, a love story, you know, forbidden love story that kind of follows, uh, you know, the tragic tale of Romeo and Juliet. Um, this version stars Ansel Elgort as Tony, who I'm, you know, he has his own controversies and I'm not the biggest fan of him in general. Um, he's, he's baby driver himself. If, uh, if you've seen baby driver and he, but I do like what he was doing is in this film. Is it a special car or does the baby have like a box or like can he reach the? <laughs> Is he voiced by the the guy who shot the cinematographer? Oh no! I don't know what? who that is. Is the baby? Is the baby oh, driver? Oh my gosh! Gary's by... making a boss baby joke, and I'm so mad that it took me that long a to catch on to it. This is this is where you guys get me all in a tizzy when I'm on a roll about something and you start entering these jokes. Then I can't handle it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other lead in West Side Story is, uh, I believe it's pronounced Rachel Zegler, Ziegler, Zegler, but she is pretty much an unknown who got the role of Maria, and she's already going places. She's been cast in Disney's live-action 
adaptation of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and we'll be playing Snow White in an upcoming film. So she's she's going places, and she's fantastic as as Maria uh, in this film. But overall, I mean, I was just very taken with it the whole time. I the the choreography throughout is incredible, and Spielberg has always said that he wanted to direct a musical. And after this, I'm just like, do more, do more, give me more musicals. And and this is a 1957 based on 1957 musical written by Stephen Sondheim. And so it has the cheese of that, but somehow just with Spielberg's direction, it still becomes real and gritty and, but it's also not afraid to just be a musical. I, I mean, it, I can't rave about it enough. I, I, I thought it was absolutely incredible. It, uh, so it sounds like it's probably not on track to do very well at the box office this weekend, which is unfortunate, but with Christmas just two weeks away, I would imagine there will be a lot of families going to see it. So I could see it have, you know, playing the long game at the box office. Interesting. Yeah, no, uh, sounds cool. I like the Romeo and Juliet story actually a lot more than you would expect me to. Uh, and it sounds, I don't know, it looks good. I've seen some of the, like, dancing choreography and the singing, and it looks very good. And Gary's just going, Meh. Yeah, I mean, I don't like musicals, That's so fine. you don't you don't want to hear what I have to say, because no, I'm just not going to like no it. No musical will ever be better than Anna and the Apocalypse. That one had zombies, so. I've seen Anna and the Apocalypse, the actually. Worst it's a good one. part about <laughs> Disney movies is when people start singing, and they just keep singing all movie long bro every single time there's a singing scene i'm so happy to have streaming so i can just skip that crap you skip <laughs> the singing parts in movies yes. yes without a shadow of a doubt i also skip most of the musical performances on saturday God. night live i give them like 35 seconds on saturday night live to get my attention you are and if you I'm out crushing it with your performance next. You are the town from Footloose. That's what you are. Um, no dancing. I'll no one's allowed to you. dance. No musicals. Those those dizzy songs go hard, bro. You can listen to them. Just don't make me do it. <laughs> well, yes. you know, I'll I'll say this. I I know that this is obviously something you're not gonna go out and see in theaters, Gary. You in particular, but if in three months or so it gets put on a streaming service or what's let's be real what's going to happen i'm going to end up buying it on 4k and redeeming the digital copy and i'll let you watch it i would be interested just to see if you just sat and at least started it and see how far you get and see if you have any kind of appreciation hey for gary it. give it, love a chance you bastard it looks I, I mean it's just like here's the thing I love Steven Spielberg. Obviously, his heyday of things like Jurassic Park and whatever, we're a little bit far removed from those. And I feel like it's been a while since he's had, you know, like a Spielberg-level masterpiece. And this feels like that it could be up there. Like, this feels like top-tier Spielberg. And that's, you know, spoken as a as a film lover. So maybe I'm biased. No, man, just that's so much all everything you're saying. That's such huge high praise. Like... It sounds Everything like you really liked it. It's all farting in a jar so that you can sniff it later. Did that that movie? I there's no way. There's no way it's the best movie, Drew. No, no way is a Spielberg remake of an old musical a five out of five. I will cry. Of an old musical of a very old play. 
I will elbow drop that fucking movie straight through the table. <laughs> well, here, I'll transition to a, a different movie that I watched. <laughs> Give me something else. It's a, it's at the House of Gucci. It's a Gucci. That sounds is that Gucci, a good, bro. Is that a, a good Italian um, accent there is that I was this, doing? Uh, is this a documentary about Gucci Berry? It is not a documentary. This is a narrative film directed by Sir Ridley Scott and starring Lady Gaga and Adam Driver and Jeremy Irons and Jared Leto and Al Pacino. And it's just got a stacked stacked cast. And it is all about the kind of the fall of the Gucci family. If you don't know, um, the... The Gucci brand name is still strong today, but none of the Gucci family is actually working with the Gucci brand name anymore. And this kind of tells the story of how and why is of that and how they mismanaged the company years ago. And um, yeah, this is a this is a Ridley Scott movie. You know, he's actually had two movies come out this fall, this and The Last Duel. I actually liked The Last Duel better than this, but this is, you know, all style, oozing with style. Um if you want to see Adam Driver and Lady Gaga dressed in really fancy, cool outfits and talking in Italian accents, this is the movie for you. Like this? It's at the House of Gucci. It's at the House of Gucci. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, was it good? Did you... It was good. Yeah. Um, I I think I was hoping it was going to be better, but it was still very, it was still I've heard, good. I've um, heard mixed things on this one, and it doesn't immediately yeah, appeal to me. It's one of those movies that I liked it, but it's not one that I'd be like, oh, you've got to go see this right now. Yeah. It's not that. It's I like not Lady that. Gaga, and I like Adam Driver. And I generally don't like Jared Leto. Um, depending, he's actually in some of my favorite movies. Like I love Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He is not one of my favorite parts of that movie. I was really surprised by him in that movie. I thought he did really good in that movie, actually. Yeah, and in this, he's wearing a lot of makeup and prosthetics. He's unrecognizable because he's playing kind of like a heavier set middle aged Italian man That's who is right. not one of the most beautiful people on earth, like Jared Leto is. And so, um, and he's just going for it you know in every sense of just over the top crazy character which is kind of i think what he likes to do these days in his weird method acting world and uh you can tell he's having a blast jared leto <laughs> actually won me over with dallas buyers club uh i was not a huge leto fan in most of his early work and then i'm not a big 30 seconds to mars fan either but i loved him in dallas buyers club and ever since then i know that leto's got a big pair of acting chops on him a role for which he won an oscar that he could probably never play today mm, yeah that that might be true mm -hmm. just based on how we have i think how we're still evolving as a culture i do I think I that think script play that role today I do think the script could be altered just a little bit to still allow him to play that role. Potentially, uh, he's in a lot of stuff lately. He's gonna be. I just saw the the Morbius trailer. Uh, Oof. Not, Oof. not that long ago. <laughs> I was like, oh wow. Um, you get an audible oof out of Drew for that trailer. Yeah, yeah. He didn't like it. Uh, I thought it looked pretty cool, but I mean, like, 
what do you expect from the living vampire movie, you know? Um, but I always liked it when he would team up with people in the comics, and so I'm hopeful. Uh, but I am not a Jared Leto fan, so it's kind of... I'm for sure going to go see it. In oh, I'm definitely going to what I do, it. but I'm not excited about it. No, no. I just want to see him and Blade team up or something. That's all I want. Um, yeah, so House of Gucci. Interesting. Yeah, so I mean, it's one of those that if you're wanting to watch a two-hour and 40-minute intriguing biopic-esque Ridley Scott movie once, you know, it's readily available or more accessible, absolutely do it. But, uh, you know, I almost put this in my Oscar minute because I know that Lady Gaga is getting some talks for, for, you know, getting nominated for an acting award and such, but I just don't know if I see this one having legs in the awards race but we'll see you know maybe a nomination here or there I, I don't know if it would win anything but it might be you might see it a little bit more pop up with some of that gotcha but i guess i'll do uh i'll transition into my actual oscar minute for this week because i've got a, i'm and I'm sorry to take up all the time but i just have watched a lot take of stuff up here all recently. the time you want Drew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i saw two so here it's time for drew's oscar minute for this week and I did see two big Oscar uh, potential movies this year that are going to be heavily in the awards race. Um, the first I'll talk about is Belfast, um, which it's about Belfast. That's that's the movie. Now it's it's uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh, and this is kind of a uh, you know story a little bit about his youth. I think growing up in in Ireland, and it's. Um, you know, trying times in the late 60s in Belfast and just kind of coming of age with some political unrest there in the country. This is a it's in black and white four by three. So it's a very intimate movie. Um, it stars Jamie Dornan, who I actually really like. He. Unfortunately for him is probably most associated as far as the franchise world goes um, with the Fifty Shades of Grey movies because he's in those but i think he's been recently trying to break away he's doing a lot more in independent films and things i've actually come to um to really like him in some of his recent work so i i am interested to see where he goes but he's very good in belfast it's almost worth seeing just for him but this is one that actually has been getting toxic like good shot of winning best picture this year like it's it's up there with that high of praise so i went in ready to love it and i thought it was fine so it's <laughs> it just you know I, I honestly don't even have that much to say about it it's like a hour and 30 minute love letter to belfast in a way uh, yeah it's been so well received that they're making a sequel called belfaster Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're gonna make a B, uh, a prequel as I well like called that. Bell Slower. Oh, 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 man! Gary had me with his joke, and then Jahan just took it to a whole another level that I I was not on that level. <laughs> I was on the Bell Faster level. I was not on the Bell Slower level. Welcome. <laughs> but uh, the other movie that I'll talk about is this is actually on Netflix now. Um, for everybody's viewing pleasure, but it's called The Power of the Dog. And this is Jane Campion's newest film. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons. 
and uh, this, it's hard to know where to start with this. It's a Western, and it's a very kind of slow burn, intriguing film that I don't want to go too much into the plot uh, in fear of spoiling it. But I'll say this, it's it's Benedict Cumberbatch, probably the best performance I've ever seen from him. Um, huh. He is a ranchman, you know, he's a cowboy, and his brother is played by Jesse Plemons, who kind of owns the land and, and manages it, and, and Plemons gets married to Kirsten Dunst in, in the film, and and Benedict Cumberbatch just kind of slowly terrorizes her character and her son uh, from afar. And that's really all I'll say about it. Um... I really, really liked this. I thought it was going to be one of my my favorites, if not my favorite of the year, until I saw West Side Story. So I'll put it that way. Um, but it, but this is not going to be for everyone. I mean, this is very... I don't like using the term Oscar bait for movies because I, I don't think this is an Oscar bait movie, but this is definitely the type of movie that gets talked about at the Oscars and, you know is going to be in those conversations. So I think some people will just associate it with that, but it's very good. Um, but that's really the performances in it are incredible. I don't know if I really have anything else I want to say about it for fear of, of spoiling that's where fair. the plot goes, but it's on Netflix. So you can watch it uh, whenever you want. That's, that's Maybe a good deal. So yeah, home. if it's on Netflix, I might, might check it out. Oh, this just wasn't, you know, Netflix is doing what they can to get some Oscar. They're, they want a Best Picture Oscar. They are going for it. They want it. They're trying. They're getting close every year. It would change they so much. Awards, but they're, um, they're getting there. You know, usually I'm a big Hulu guy. This week, the shows I've been watching are Netflix, man. Netflix is coming hard again. Netflix nice. is popped back on the map. Yeah. Well, how about that's a perfect transition then. I'll transition to you. What have you been watching on Netflix? Um, I've watched, well, okay, <laughs> I thought it was two things. It's three things. I finished Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. Yeah. And it has, unfortunately, you you shared the bad news with us this week. It's been canceled. It's been shit-canned. No season two. I, I liked it. I liked Cowboy Bebop. I would give it a seven out of ten. I've, I, I would definitely watch a season two. Man, I would give it an eight. I also finished watching it recently. Uh... And at one point, I was like, "This might be better than the uh, the subject the subject matter. This might be better than the anime." Uh, and so, I mean, is it? No, but it's it's it comes close. Like it's very good. Uh, casting is like next level casting. Fantastic Holy casting. Crap. Yeah, Spike. Uh, Spike's great. Uh, Jet. Jet is the perfect cast. Period. They even did a great job casting Ein. <laughs> yeah, uh, I does I have a big presence in the show? No. Yes, I wouldn't say he has a big presence. I would say that Ayn is. I don't know, Drew. You get enough Ayn. I don't is feel that, like you get enough Ayn. You get you get enough Ayn. He's not in every episode, so that's right. That's you not get enough. Like one fifth. You, you you get you get you get enough Ayn. Faye was fantastic. Faye uh I mean, so they change some. They, they change stuff, you know. That's not a remake of the anime, and I didn't want one. That's weird to ask 
um, as long as you stay true to the characters. Like, I feel like the characters are pretty true to form, uh, and I feel like the story overall is pretty true to form. And it has that same feel. I love it. I love the universe building. I thought it was great. Shame. So I haven't watched it, um, but I know that I followed, you know, the the hype cycle for it, and you know, from its development, and it seemed like it was very closely followed. It's obviously that Netflix invested a lot in it, you know, budget-wise, and it's one of those that it seems like it didn't really hit with critics, which, okay, that's fine. Um, neither did Red Notice, but they're gonna make a Red Notice too, you know, so, but every one of my close friends that is a fan of Cowboy Bebop and has watched the show has said positive things about it. So it seems like, uh, you know, hardcore fans are liking this, but it's still shocking to me because Netflix is usually, seems like they're pretty agreeable to, to renew shows. I mean, they, I, th- yeah. I saw a stat recently that it's like upwards of 60% of their shows each year get renewed. So, you know, the majority, and it's shocking to me that this didn't, which, can only mean that people just weren't watching it, I guess. I mean, obviously the yeah. hardcore fans were, but maybe it just didn't have mass appeal beyond See, that. That's all I can I think. really think that part of the issue with the cancellation of shows on streaming services is that they look at it the same way as a network looks at uh, premieres and like that kind of thing. It's streaming. I'm going to watch it when I want to. I'm not going to necessarily watch it day one. You know what I mean? And, like, you just, I feel like you got to give people more time when it's a streaming only show to watch. I know a lot of people who I've told, you got to watch something on streaming. You got to watch this. You got to watch that. And they're like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But when you don't get to it, when you don't get to it, then the shit gets canceled. And and then we turn around and act surprised that it got canceled. Well, get to it. Watch it. Uh, how will the companies know? At least if you want to watch it, add it to your playlist or go thumbs up it and like it so that you'll come back to it later. But I don't know, man. I, I think that's the exact problem, Jahan, is you're right. They're looking at it like premieres, but how long are they supposed to produce this show before they expect money to turn around and know if it's a boom or bust? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel like it was canceled too quick. I literally just finished the show, and I was like, Mom, I really liked it. You should watch it, too. Uh, she started watching it, and then I looked at my phone, and it was like, Cowboy Bebop canceled. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, come on! Let's, uh, let's talk about another show that has not been canceled yet on Netflix. I don't think. Cross my fingers. Uh, I was a big fan of Jupiter's Legacy, even though it was trash and got canceled. Jahan liked it and thought it wasn't as much trash. I didn't think it was trash. I thought it was cool. It oh my was... gosh! I, it took me a second to realize what you were talking about. I like I this show doesn't exist anymore already. Like I remember this came out and it was supposed to be a big deal and then it just vanished off the. It got canceled and vanished and it was gone. Bye bye. So we were Jahan I like... and I kind of we like superheroes and so we liked the show because we like superheroes. It was not a very good show. Um. This show, it's called Super Crooks. It takes place in that same universe. And it doesn't have the same heroes and it doesn't have the same characters. But in the beginning, in like the first maybe 10 or 15 minutes, they explain, like, this is the Jupiter's legacy. Is, you know, the people went to the island, they got powers. Yeah, they talk about the utopian. Is descendants of the family. So, like, 
okay, so you know that everyone's related to original power holders. That's this world. But other than that, it doesn't do a lot of you needed to have seen Jupiter's legacy to understand it type of stuff. It feels like it's its own world. And Super Crooks, uh, it's an anime. It's yeah. action-packed, and it's about super villains. And they are, like, up and coming. I would say they're not super villains yet. They're just villains. Um, it's a good show. It's a fun time. It's it's funny. It's raw. It's dirty. It's action-packed. It's violent. Uh, you know, don't and watch it with And it's funny. Kids. Yeah, it's... I would definitely say watch it. If you're one of the people who's not big on anime, I think that the superhero vibe, the supervillain vibe will get you through it. Um, super crooks. The first the episode had me dying. I was laughing my ass off. Uh, and I liked it a lot. The superpowers are cool. Uh, the, pres- uh, the premise is interesting. I don't know. The main character has lightning powers. Uh, it's, a good, so... uh, it's a good anime. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It's, again, Super Crooks. I'll say the name four times. That way, when you're scrolling down Netflix, you're like, didn't Gary say something about Super Crooks? Yes, I did. Watch it. It's cartoon villains. They're violent, and it's funny. Looks like just over the summer, they announced that they're doing a live-action version of this series also. Wow. Despite Jupiter's legacy being canceled. See, so, the, funny, the funny thing is... I have faith in this. The funny thing is, I had heard about the live-action before I knew about Super Crooks. Like, That's I actually crazy. thought that this was going to be live action, and then it was anime. I was like, what, what happened? Uh, well, I think even with that being said, with that additional information being added on top, I think that's another reason you guys should watch it. If they're, they're making more content for it, you should check it out. It's cool. It's uh, I think that the Jupiter's Legacy is actually based off a manga or based off an anime, and it didn't translate well. And then they're running it back now. Uh I see Jahan searching so he can verify that. <laughs> uh, the other thing on Netflix, the final thing on Netflix that I've been watching is True Story, which is a Kevin Hart show. And I am historically not a Kevin Hart fan. Um, his I've comedy, seen this one on the top trending shows, so I know of this one. His His comedy doesn't usually hit for me. I usually think the other person in the scene is the funny one and he's just the whiny one. Uh, but in this show, he is uh, he, he has a very wide range of acting. This is a dramedy for sure. Um, there are twists in the first episode that will have you hooked on this show. There's a mystery afoot, and Kevin Hart is acting his balls off. So I, I would say you should watch this, and it's it's good. A true story. It's it's very good. It's. Kevin Hart dealing with his he goes by kid in the show kid is his name but he is basically Kevin Hart he's just divorced his wife they have kids he's a worldwide nationwide stand-up comedian that has to go from show to show all across the country and so he's dealing with a lot of the stress of being a celebrity and having that station in life and being approached by strangers who say stupid hateful horrible shit to you that they think is funny because they heard it on TV and so there's a lot. The, the show is deep, and it's teaching a lot of messages, as well as being a good dramedy that, that hooks you in. Uh, I, I'm a, it's too early for me to tell you that this is like a 10 out of 10, because I've only seen one or two episodes. Maybe it falls flat, maybe it gets stale, but it came out swinging. That's uh, Kevin Hart's true story on Netflix. Yeah, uh, Jupiter's Legacy is based on an American comic book. 
Okay. Yeah, by Mark out. Miller. It's like Mark by Miller's Mark Miller, yeah. Netflix distributed comic book series. He's been doing a bunch of them, so it's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, uh, no, John, have I... you been watching anything on your Netflix train? I'm still upset about Jupiter's legacy being canceled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <coughs> I, I mean, I've been watching some stuff. So I'm watching a lot of stuff that's ongoing that's happening right now, uh, including Hawkeye, Wheel of Time. Uh, but as far as Netflix goes, I did recently finish uh, Master of the Universe Revelation Part Two. Um, I need to jump. I need to jump back into this. I've watched the first one of Part Two, but I, I have stopped because I've just had so much other stuff to watch. Man, I finish. I I couldn't put it down, man. I, I couldn't put it down. I finished it pretty quickly, um, and then I tweeted about it, and Kevin Smith liked my tweet, so that was cool. That's exciting. Yeah, it was really exciting for me because I I'm a loser, but yeah, it was cool. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. I was impressed with what he did, uh, just with the series. He took this lore that exists, he expanded on it, he changed some stuff, he added to it, and he just made it better. He made it, he turned it from a kids show into like a like a, a solid lore base, and I think that part two is better than part one. Uh, there was a, a tipping point uh, somewhere where something happens, and I was like, okay, that's kind of It seemed like uh, they wrote themselves into a corner and then wrote themselves out kind of thing, but then it wasn't that, and I was really impressed. Uh, I I liked it. Uh, not 10 out of 10, but, you know, like 8 out of 10 probably. Uh, absolutely solid. Fr- absolutely fresh get to it to the rest of it before our next uh our next episode so hopefully i'll be able to just add a couple of thoughts to it too i thought it was did you watch it gary no i didn't ever finish the first half i'm actually i'm not a huge he-man guy yeah uh, i remember you being kind of mixed on the first half yeah anyway, i just think the art is cool i just don't think that the story is super interesting i don't think the characters are overly interesting I, but i didn't i don't have a soft spot for he-man as a kid uh, He-Man doesn't really do anything for me. Just, you know, honorable mention to that art. I hope that that artist does art in a tabletop book that we produce one day or publish because that art is hot fire. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Uh, but yeah, that, that's pretty much all I saw on Netflix uh, recently. But uh, have you guys been keeping up with Hawkeye? Up to date on Hawkeye. You're up to date I on have, Hawkeye. I have watched all four episodes up to this point, which uh, actually I'll four. Yes. I actually went to go watch Hawkeye today and forgot I was going to watch Hawkeye and saw that there was a National Geographic Will Smith show where Will Smith travels the world and uh, looks at things. And I saw Will Smith go into a volcano today. Did he bump into Jeff Goldblum? Because that'd be really funny. No, he did not bump into Jeff Goldblum, but I would watch that series. Uh, life uh, finds a way. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, William, you're you're William Smith, right? So, speaking of Hawkeye, I actually am holding this up. I have this graphic novel I just recently purchased. Nice. It on camera for those of you listening, but um, it's this, but like it's super thick. That's a thick boy. This uh, collects all, I think, the first 25 or 26 issues of the Hawkeye series by Matt Fraction. Sorry, I was speaking away from my mic if that wasn't picking up. But um, 
because uh, I had never read the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run that was very well received that really talks about Clint Barton and, and Kate Bishop's team partnering in their, their adventures. And uh, man, these are really good. And I've been kind of reading it along with the show. And I'm really glad that I it's have been cool. because there have been a lot of things that are straight from the frame uh, in in this book that has been in the show that gave me a laugh as somebody that, that read it. So it's given me a little bit more out of uh, out of the show. You're doing the uh, extra credit and it's paying off. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I won't say much about what happened in episode four or anything since yeah, it's pretty recent. hasn't seen it yet. I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, but no, I think it's still been really good. I thought episode three was really strong. I particular. Yeah, I specifically said I thought episode three was delightful. I thought it was amazing. I loved it. Uh, I, I loved every second. The scene on the bridge. Mm-hmm. just made me so because like they showed parts of that episode and the trailer um, they didn't show what happened on the bridge and that caught me by surprise and I thought it was awesome it was it the Marvel Universe came in and kissed that scene you know what I mean just a little peck on the cheek and it was perfect I loved it a lot of the banter about trick arrows mm-hmm. and, and in the most recent episode the boomerang arrows and jokes like that I mean that's all straight out of the pages of the comic books. So, it's been <laughs> yeah, very I, 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 uh, in After the first like episode or whatever, I heard a lot of critics were like, oh, their chemistry sucks. And it's like, yeah, they're strangers. They don't know each other. And it's just developed into this great uh, rapport between them. I like it a lot. Yeah, that has never been an issue for me, their chemistry. I've thought that it flows really well, actually. So I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm invested. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, and episode four was uh, good, and there is an appearance of a thing. Uh, but apparently, they're saying that episode five is going to break the internet. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, that's what that's what I think. Kevin, I don't know if it was Kevin Feige or uh, someone else, but I hate when people do that. I hate when those executives or whoever producers are like, "This one's going to break." <laughs> he said it's going to break the internet. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. <laughs> that's what he's claiming. <laughs> Like the Evan Peters appearance in WandaVision broke the internet when that happened. And, and you know, just don't right. let me know that's right. going to happen and it'll be that much more. Because now I'm going to be expecting something and it's probably not going to live up to my expectations. Or it it's never be does. what I think is going to happen. And I'll just be like, yeah, that's what I thought. And that's it. <laughs> and it's not as exciting. Yeah. No, I feel you on that. But uh, uh, I'm looking forward. I, I love the Hawkeye series. I like it a lot. Because it's all but confirmed that a certain actor portraying a certain character is probably showing up in this because they really alluded to it in episode three. They did. So, yeah, I you mean, might, it's like pretty much all but confirmed. They're rumoring that you did see him, but that's a rumor. Mm. He like, okay. he like touches uh, a yeah, 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 you yeah. see a hand. You see a hand. Right, right. But it's, you still don't know. You don't know. Yeah. But, it, but I mean, come on. Yeah. No, nah, man, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, the appearance in episode four it was fine. Uh, it wasn't as impactful as I was hoping. Uh, but yeah, I look forward. I I will keep watching. The other thing I'm watching is uh, Wheel of Time. Are you guys caught up with that? Not caught up. Not yeah, I did not up. watch the one that came out yesterday. That's fair. It did just come out yesterday, so I'm not going to be giving spoilers. Uh, I actually Just thought. Answer, answer me this: yeah. Is it uh, the last one? I thought was very boring. Is this one very boring? 
if you thought the last one was very boring, I don't know why you wouldn't think this one was boring. But uh, I didn't think the last one was boring. Uh, this one is... Uh, I thought this was a good episode. It, was, it did a lot of good uh, character development, which I thought was important. Uh, and they, like, whipped something out of nowhere that I didn't see coming uh, in terms of magic. And I thought that that was really cool. Um, and, you know, there's some hot sex in action if you're into that kind of thing. Oh uh, yeah, there's some there's boobs. Wow, Jahan, get after it. Now you're talking. Sprinkles a little bit of quality wow. on the episode. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you want. Wow. Man. That's it. Now you're doing it. <laughs> there you go, boobs. People die. I don't know. Yeah, bro, that's what we wanted to see in the show. Where are the boobs at? Yeah, where are the boobs? I, I want boobs like Game of Thrones. Yeah, I want to watch Spartacus because it's better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> Blood and Sand? Man, that show is crazy. Uh, but yeah, so I thought Wheel Time is still going strong. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of people aren't liking it, uh, and they keep comparing it to the books. I'm so I'm just so tired. It's so boring to talk about the books at this point. You know what I mean? Like when you're in anything, people are always like, "Oh, the book is better." Yeah, the book was better. The book's always going to be better. Books will never fully translate to the screen it's not possible uh i do try to annoying. evaluate content like that on its own and yeah kind of separate it from the source material now if there's something that you get out of the show because you've read the book or vice versa like that's i think that's great i think yeah, that that's exactly cool. but you can't judge it i mean for an example sorry sorry to go on a tangent this Please. is what i usually get mad at you, mad at you guys about but i'm gonna do it now too when you get Sam mad at us? Spider-Man movie came out, the first one, and Tobey Maguire shot webs directly from his wrists and didn't have web shooters. And people are like, that's yeah. not Spider-Man. Spider-Man has web shooters. And and for me, even as a junior high kid, I'm like, yeah, because this is a movie and you don't want to see somebody replacing the web fluid cartridges in like, as he does in the comics in a movie. Just let him shoot webs from his I'm not going to a lie. Better movie, I was annoyed by that particular one. Uh, well, but hey, you, don't. You know what really annoyed me is that he didn't have his Spider-Man spider cycle that he has. And so he didn't swing around town gripping oh. a bike with his butt cheeks, driving a motorcycle <laughs> up and down buildings with boosters. I Does he that. have a grippy butt? Is that a thing? How else would he hold a motorcycle while he webs slings? Mm -hmm. Betwixt will, his spider You know, cheeks. this is my fault for going down this track, <laughs> but we'll hold the Spider-Man talk because there's going to be plenty of Spider-Man talk next week. On the show I can't wait. That's the first thing I'm going to go see in theaters since COVID happened. When we record next week, I'll have already seen it. Are y'all going to go see it opening weekend? I'm not sure. I would love to. But I would like to, but I'm probably going to go see it on my birthday. Yeah, so. I don't want to be around people, and that sounds like a good way to be around people. I'm too scared of getting spoiled, so I'm... I'm also very scared of getting spoiled. I'm thinking about turning everything off until I see it. Maybe <laughs> No I'll, TikTok, like, no nothing. I'll like sneak into the projection room at the theater and just watch it from up there so I don't have to be around anybody. The key is matinee. The key is go to the first showing of the day on a weekday if, you're, if your work schedule would allow or if it's a day you don't work. That's the key because you'll be in the theater with maybe three other people. Yeah, yeah that means I'm pretty much not going to get to catch it opening weekend, though. That's true. That's true. No, anyway, I'm, I'm very excited. 
Anyway, not to get too sidetracked, um, we were talking about Wheel of Time and book conver- or book comparisons. Um, do you have anything else to say about Wheel of Time, Jahan? Uh, not really. I like it. I think it's a solid fantasy show. Uh, and I think it gets a lot of needless hate. Some Wheel parts of it are kind of bad, but it will get canceled because it's boring. I think it's already been okay for season two. Yeah, I think it's it been has. removed for season two. But that's okay. It'll get canceled before season three. Gary thinks it's boring. I don't know why. I don't think the show will make it. I don't think it has it. I don't know. The episode that you're talking about, a bunch of magic shit happened and people died, and I thought it was awesome. I don't know why. Right you're... at the very end, right? Wasn't that like the big the 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 big thing? I don't know. People are captured in the beginning and then like yeah, tortured. it was a really really long boarding episode until a cool thing. Happened. <laughs> um, um, before we jump into game stuff, I was gonna talk about two other quick things that I watched. If that's okay with. Oh yeah, man. Tell us about what you watched. Well, I'll just say because we've already talked about this boom, a bit, boom. but I had <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the DMX documentary um, from from HBO's from Ringer's Music Box series, and uh, at the time I think you had finished it or almost finished it, Gary. And I'd only seen about half of it, but I still chimed in, and I have since finished it. So I just wanted to give it its due mention that I did finish it. Um, I enjoyed it. It did go into a little bit more of his. Um, substance abuse issues and as you know the ending of the documentary really gets to some of his spiraling that i think actually does kind of show um uh, you know unfortunately where his life was heading before he and unfortunately passed away earlier this year um so that is what it is it's just worth mentioning i, I did enjoy the documentary overall i thought it, i thought it was decent um but it was kind of a tough watch just knowing that stuff so I'll say that. That's really all I have to say about it. But I have a lot to say about this next piece of garbage that wow. I caught on TV. Oh, wow. Drew's wow. coming out swinging. You never talk bad about things. Oh, my God. I'm excited for this. So I'd heard about this, and it wasn't even something that I had on necessarily on my radar to watch. But I happened to catch it on TV, and I was like, I'll tape this, and I'll check it out. And oh, boy. There is a new game show that is on... I caught this on TBS, of all things. And they have cranked... They've put some money into this. Warner Brothers has, has put some money into this. But they did a game show that's called Harry Potter Hogwarts Tournament of Houses. And this is a a fan game show. So so first off, like I said, they've put money into this. The set looks nice. It's hosted by Dame Helen Mirren, an Oscar-winning actress who's not in the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> Which no, is really funny. But she's host the show, and they have appearances from actors and people who were, you know, in the movies. But it is literally fans that are assigned to... Groups of fans assigned to the Harry Potter houses that compete... Um, in each episode uh, doing Harry Potter trivia. And so I have read the Harry Potter books, and I'm like, oh, I'll check this out and see what the trivia is all about. But as soon as it started, and I you know, started to see where this show was going, it is 
mostly trivia from the movies first off not yeah. just from the books it's mostly related to the movies and some of it is just things like now watch you know a quick 10 second scene from harry potter and the goblet of fire and then the trivia question will be you know a mundane detail in the, <laughs> in the deal of like in the background on this on this book there was a roman numeral and what was the roman numeral you know it's like random questions like that that's just attention to detail that don't even <laughs> some of the questions don't even have anything to do with the movies themselves other than that kind of stuff and then the questions are just you know there's like multiple choice questions half the time in the in multiple choice answers there was like a joke answer so really there were only three answers that were legitimate and you can tell the producers tell the fans who have to answer questions to talk about it before they answer so instead of just being like yeah the answer is b they have to sit there and be like, well, you know, analyzing the question. Well, G Godric Gryffindor couldn't have been born here, so he definitely had to be born here. So we're going to go with C, blah, blah, blah. And it's just everything about this show made me cringe. Um, <laughs> I got to watch and gets, this. And it gets me on another tangent because here's the thing. I grew up with the Harry Potter books. I think, you know, I read the first book when I was maybe in fifth grade and same. You know, I read the first few, and then once the fourth one came out, I, it was like every year, every time a new one was coming out, and it was an event, and I was on board for that, and I liked reading the books, and I still, to this day, like the books. Um, say, which I'm not going to get into any controversies or politics involving J.K. Rowling. We'll we'll leave that for you know separate. I'm just talking about the Harry Potter and the books, the stories themselves, and uh, you know, so I liked those as a kid. Um, and I like them to an extent as an adult. However, there is something... Oh boy, I'm going to offend some people with this, but I'm just going <laughs> to say it. Oh no. There is something about the adult fandom of Harry <laughs> Potter that I find to be very gross. Um, <laughs> I liked the books, like I said. Yeah. I've been a fan of them for years and years. I don't think I own a single piece of Harry Potter merchandise nor will I ever. Now, I'm not <laughs> saying you're not allowed to buy merchandise, but I have seen a lot of people through social media, people who are my age, who are having children for the first time and decorating their children's, you know, their baby's rooms before they're born at Harry Potter themes and things like that. And I just find it to be disgusting. What a... Just, just stop. That's... Just stop. We need to have an intervention for all of these people. It just needs to stop. True. Let people enjoy. The yeah, this they is like. this, this is, is an ugly side of you, Drew. Yeah, I'm I looking around for my wand right now. Yeah, I'm just... I'm over here like you know, if they decorate their kids' room with Star Wars stuff, what's the problem? Like if you make <laughs> it look like the inside of a of a. Tie fighter or uh, X wing. It bothers Drew. I feel there's just something about. I the feel Harry like Potter Drew. Fandom. Well, that's because the Harry Potter fandom is new because you grew up with it, but it's not new anymore. It just was for you. Like See, Star Wars would have been for the generation before us. It was already old for us, so it's not so that weird. I, I'm the same way. I grew up with the books. Uh, I remember every time one would release, like, store bookstores would have release parties where you could get sorted, and there was, like, magic punch and, like, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a lifelong Potter fan as well. 
Uh, and I do own some merchandise, Drew. I have a wand. <laughs> I have a couple shirts. Uh, I think that's it, really. I didn't overdo it. And I can't. Now I'll say this. I do get I what you're saying. <laughs> I'd love to go to, you know, Universal Studios in Orlando and go see the Harry Potter-themed you know, I've been once. I've been once. Park. I would like to go Fantastic. see that. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I don't I, actually the wands. I find to be fine. Like if you're buying a wand, like that's kind of neat because it's a personalized thing. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know though. There's just something about you know the parents trying to sort their newborn babies into what Harry Potter house they'd be in and all this kind of stuff that I, I just. It just makes it just a lot of it makes me cringe, and I just like, can't hey, you help can't it. help that. I don't yeah. like to be the person to tell people that they can't like the things that they want to like. But man, something about this bothers me. Um, it's funny. Worth mentioning the 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 uh, uh, Fantastic Beasts series, which I don't think I saw any mention of them in the Harry Potter show trivia show that I was watching, but. I know that there's a new one that's going to be coming out next year. There's yeah. more of these, so there's still Harry Potter coming out. But, man, I was, you know. I actually really liked the first Fantastic Beast movie, but the second one was, meh. Yeah, and I, I just watched this thinking, like, oh, I might be good at Harry Potter trivia. Let me watch this. And then I started watching it, and I'm like, nope, this is everything about the Harry Potter fandom that I hate. I cannot watch this. I just, I just don't like this. Oh, so that's let it. me, let me, I'm, you ended at a perfect time. We have to do an actual shout out. Thank you to the Twitch side of the stream, to the people who, who view the live podcast. We just hit 250 followers. We just hit our goal. And so it was Polar Knights showed up. Uh, Polar Knights has joined us tonight for the first time and was our 250th followers. So thank you. Thank you so much. We us. appreciate it. Yeah. We appreciate growing and uh, thank you for being part of this with us. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. Well, congratulations. And they subscribed. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, but, yeah, no, so the Harry Potter thing, I, I mean, I get it. It can be gross. Uh, really, it's just the fact that a lot of people, whenever you let something consume your entire personality, I say while wearing a Lord of the Rings Christmas sweater, uh, <laughs> you know, it can get kind of gross. But, yeah, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I went to Universal. It was fantastic. Uh, and we went to, there's so, you go into Ollivander's, the wand shop, and they do, like, a, the wand chooses the wizard kind of thing, and they pick someone from the crowd <laughs> to come and, like, get a wand. And I remember being really disappointed he didn't pick me, and I was like, no, he probably should pick the child that was eight, and not me, a grown adult. <laughs> like, I had a moment where I was like, oh, no! But then I was like, oh, no, that's fair. I, without a doubt, am going to buy Jahan, like, Hogwarts decor whenever he has a baby for the baby shower. I'm going to buy all sorts of shit for him to put up in the baby room. I can't wait until he sends the pictures to Drew. The last thing I'll say about Harry Potter Hogwarts Tournament of Houses, which is the real name of a show that I watched. Oh, boy. Um... Is I just feel like even the most hardcore Harry Potter fan could potentially watch this and be turned off to the Harry Potter fandom. Like, that's the vibes. That I'm going to watch this. I'm Do going to look at, at it. your own risk. I got to um, know now. <laughs> but, but that's that's all I got. We can move on to some of our gaming stuff before we wrap up for the evening. 
Jihad, have you been have you been gaming? Do you have any gaming stuff? I, I've been gaming with you this week, buddy. All right, I'll drop all the gaming stuff. That's right, we have been gaming together this week. Um, we've been on a first person uh, kick this week. Let's just say it's it's all first person, so we're shooting a lot of things this week. Um, of course, we've been playing Battlefield 2042, which we are fans of Battlefield. We've gone on the record to say so. I'm starting to like 2042. I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome or if they cleaned everything up, but they have done two major updates, and the game is running so much smoother. The only real issues I see anymore are just the skins and the, the textures having problems loading in, and that's it. It's just kind of a graphics lag loading in situation. Other than that, everything's working. The bullets are going where they're supposed to. The cars aren't falling through the ground anymore. So as you uh, say that, uh, uh -oh. I mean, we were playing before we streamed. And so I found a spot, right, where if you go prone, everything on the map disappears. And you can't see anything until you stand up. And, like, it wasn't like a one-off. Like, I found, like, a like a secret thing it was every time i went there it was bullshit i'm not even sure if that's you could do that in any game any video game Maybe. in the world you could go find a wall to stand in to see through the map it wasn't even a wall i was i was prone on a balcony look like in a sniping yeah. spot <laughs> that's pretty good yeah and then i mean i fell through the level the other day i mean it still has a lot of bugs but yeah i'm having a lot of fun playing it we shit on this game when it came out uh, I'm still not telling you to go. I'm still not telling you to go buy it, but me well, and Gary have been enjoying it. the crap out of it. We've gotten a lot more guns, a lot more unlocks, a lot more vehicles. We're starting to like the maps. Like I said, this could just be Stockholm Syndrome, but I think that the review culture for this game is trash. I went to go look at the reviews, and it's ones and fives. And that's a lie on both sides of the fence. It the is. The game isn't a one, because it is playable and they did address issues and it is fun it's at least a two if you're going to be a dickhead and the game's definitely not a five because it's kind of a piece of shit so <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, the ratings, yeah you just kind of have to ignore anyone who gave it a one or a five and try to find out where the truth is somewhere in the middle i will say uh, that we were playing the other night and like there had been an update and i was like you know what this does feel completely different like a completely different game and they do it did feel like they fixed a lot of issues so. Um, we've been playing Dying Light, which is a first-person shooter, but more of a survival game where there are zombies on the ground, and you're a parkour guy, and it's co-op. So you and your parkour team mates can run through the map collecting the things you need to fight off the zombie horde that gets super dangerous at night. So during the day, most of the zombies are pretty docile, and they're slow-moving, and they're down low. But at night, you get some extra spicy zombies that'll chase you across rooftops and jump, and they're super strong. And so Dying Light has this really cool, uh, it has a really cool feel to it. It's parkour, it's action, it's survival, and it's co-op, and it's this large open map. Uh, it has a lot of really cool things happening. There's yeah. Dying Light 2 is coming out. And That's what I was going to say. I remember when Dying Light came out, because I think it came out in like 24. Yeah, it's not a new game. It's uh, been around for a while. It is actually on sale on Steam right now for eleven dollars, right around. So, but that is why we are playing Dying Light is because Dying Light Two is coming out. We were able to pick it up on sale a couple weeks back, and we're finally getting around to playing it. 
And <laughs> and then finally, we're playing Far Cry 6, another co-op action first-person shooter. So you see where my headspace is at, right? I'm shooting bad guys this week. <laughs> bad guys are going down. Um, we've been having a lot of fun with Far Cry, and it's also the kind of game, to me, Far Cry is my perfect example of a sweatpants game. Uh, I can pop it on and just walk around completing missions and knocking stuff out and almost not even think about doing it. You just walk to where the red base is and you kill all the guys at the red base and then you open the box that's on your mini-map. <laughs> and you just keep doing that and it, hours will go by while you're playing this game. Uh, <laughs> I got yeah. a couple of clips. Uh, I got excited today and started to try to kill people in new inventive ways. So I got a couple of clips today, uh, one where I use a blowtorch to light a guy on fire and in <laughs> interchange between blowtorching him and shooting with arrows until it's over. And so uh, I've started to venture outside the box and have some fun with it. Yeah, and we recently found uh, it does have a game mode, what's it called, Special Operations? Yeah, that's right. It's like a co-op mode, and it's so fun. You played, right, Drew? I did. Did you I do did. any I Special played... Operations? I did, because there are some uh, achievements tied to them. I didn't do any of the Special Operations in co-op. I just did them solo. Mm -hmm. um, there was one... Y'all have probably played this one if you've played some of them because I think it's one of the first ones that you can choose where basically you have to infiltrate this base and steal this device that you have to keep cool. Yeah. Like keep it in the shade or keep it underwater so it doesn't overheat. I did that one. Um, so I played so little... we've done three and all three were that same format. Yes. So I thought it was really cool when I did the first one and then a little less cool on the second one. And then by the time I was on the third one, I'm like, is this the only game type that you have like this is it's that's disappointing fun. it's fun enough right but i'd rather just be out in the open world doing the open world thing i i enjoyed it a lot uh i liked the i don't know it was different it was a nice change of pace it, it was different, but it but if is it's their only game type then that is yeah they're all the same yeah well um speaking of, of far cry uh i want to talk just really quick i'll have more to say about it probably next week when i oh talked about it more i wanted to talk positive about far cry too um you were reading some of the best game awards earlier and so you said best sound uh it did not go to far cry i remember that i no, forgot I think it went to forza, forza it did it did go to forza you're right far cry has some really good sound stuff when it's raining in far cry and you're in a helicopter you can hear the the raindrops hitting the ding 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 on the windshield all around you 360 degrees and then when you shoot, the helicopter glass breaks, you hear the wind rush in over the storm. So there's some really great sound in that game. I was surprised to not see their name on the list. They, that was of note to me was how good their sound was. Interesting. Um, well, I was going to talk really quick just about the Halo Infinite campaign because it did drop this week. And uh, I kind of thought all my friends would be jumping into the into the campaign. And I feel like I'm, I'm probably the one of the only of my close friends that has been playing it. But... Uh, I'm very, very positive on it so far. And having just played Far Cry 6, and I texted Gary earlier this week, and I said, holy crap, they, they turned Halo campaign into a Far Cry game, because that's what it feels like. You kind of do the first mission, a couple missions that are more a little bit more linear, what you're used to from a Halo game, and then it drops you on the Zeta ring, and, uh, and you have some freedom, and you have a map, and you have, you know, you get a little base that you take over, and then you see new icons pop up on your map, and some of them may be um, Spartan cores that you can use to upgrade your, your abilities or your tech, or it might be um, 
weapons lockers that give you unlocks for multiplayer, you know, more cosmetics and things. Or it might be, um, you know, a special enemy that has a cool weapon that you can unlock and things like that. So it's, you know, it has the story that's that's good so far and some fun campaign missions, but you can just kind of get lost exploring the world. I think the main difference between something like Halo and, and you know, a Far Cry game, because I don't want to be too, you know, too generic in the comparison, but, you know, Far Cry, you can have some good weapons and sneak up and headshot some enemies. They'll never know you're there, you know, and, you you know, it's one shot to, to take down some of these guys. Whereas when you're playing Halo, unless you have, you know, a sniper rifle or a super strong weapon, you're typically not going to be able to one shot enemies. And a lot of times you shoot one, they're all going to know. So it takes a lot of strategy to take over places because the AI in Halo, which has always been pretty good, is very good in in this campaign as well. You know, the enemies are smart. Um, there's a lot of fun one liners that have cracked me up from the grunts in particular that it feels uh, true to form for Halo. But I'm, I'm early in the campaign because I've just been exploring the world. I haven't really done that much. I've done maybe two boss fights or so that have been pretty challenging um and but rewarding and uh, yes i'm really enjoying the halo infinite campaign right now i do recommend it i know that ev- all the games that you just recently had talked about gary and jahan were games you were playing co-op with friends and as we've <laughs> talked about before there's no co-op currently in the halo campaign so you would have to be you know be willing to sacrifice that and, and play it solo but that's rough i do man. think that it's a very good a very good campaign i actually i've i've actually reclined back and turned on a podcast and and explored the world just kind of having fun in that so it can be a good podcast game and then pause it if you're diving into a good story mission but uh so far my impressions of it have been really good i mean one of, one of the s- best halo campaigns i've played everything you said is great and it you know i'm glad that it's good i'm glad you're enjoying it uh, the fact that it's not co-op sucks. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> but at yeah. Some point. I'm just annoyed yeah. that it's not. I can kind of understand from the developer's perspective why it isn't yet. Um, just because it isn't the linear campaign that they've had in Halo games of past that uh, may be a little easier to just drop a second player in. I think with the the open world and how much there is, which I know this isn't really that valid of a criticism because... Far Cry's been Far doing Cry's an open world that is go up and and so you know but I feel like there's just a lot going on in Halo and how good it looks and everything's that it's probably difficult for the game to process having a second player. I mean that's the only thing I could think of for why it's not there already. But um regardless, playing by myself I've had a very good time. So that's all I uh, have to say about it. No, I'm glad I'm glad it's good. I do want it to be good. I've seen some footage, uh Specifically, like, the map looked really cool. The, the interactive map was dope. Uh, I don't know. The, it looks fun, and I do intend to play it. Uh, I mean, and Xbox has been doing a lot of cool stuff lately on Game Pass. Uh, just real quick, I just remember, they released, like, 10, 15 games this month. Like, what the hell, you know? Uh, and a lot of them are really good. Like, I always wanted to play Evil Geniuses 2. Uh, it's on there. Uh, they... Battle Sector Warhammer is out. Final Fantasy games, Halo, Serious Sam Four, uh, a lot of cool games just for free. Well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Jahan, because I was just going to mention. I meant to say this when talking about Halo. Um, somebody on Reddit shared this, and um, 
I thought it was worth noting because there's been, you know, a lot of backlash over the past few years against Xbox of like, eh, they don't have, Microsoft doesn't have any exclusives. Oh, the better exclusives are on PlayStation and yada yada. I get it. And it's it's been a valid criticism and complaint for, for years now, yeah. honestly. Um, but I think that 2020, excuse me, 2021 was a slower year for PlayStation exclusives. They had Ratchet and Clank, which was wonderful. Um, uh, Miles Morales was the year before was actually 2020 so that doesn't really count um, you know they've had some some um, exclusivity window games that have come out but like somebody broke this down with some Metacritic scores but with, with Xbox and PC you know specifically Microsoft you've had uh, Flight Simulator which has a 91 overall score on Metacritic Psychonauts 2 is an 89% on Metacritic uh, Age of Empires 4 with an 81, Forza Horizon 5 with a 92, and now Halo Infinite with an 87. And it's actually been a really good year for Xbox and Microsoft exclusives. And there's another one to include that's worth noting. Deathloop, which won several game awards, an 88 on Metacritic, but it's a Bethesda game that had an exclusivity deal with PlayStation before Microsoft purchased Bethesda. <laughs> so Bethesda had to honor that exclusivity deal. So it's currently only on PlayStation consoles, but there, it has reviewed great. It's supposedly one of the best games of the year. I am actually waiting. I'm going to hold out for it because it will come to Xbox next year and it will come to Game Pass day one. The That's day good that to know. Bethesda game. That's good so to it's know. A, it's technically a Microsoft Game Studios game that is a uh, a PlayStation exclusive currently, but it's, uh, it's just one of the few holdovers from before Microsoft purchased it. It's so funny how much of a slap in the face Microsoft buying Bethesda was to PlayStation owners because, like, they, you know, like you said, exclusive Deathloop, you know, they were going to get Elder Scrolls, like, everybody. They were going to get Starfleet or whatever, uh, like, everybody. And now they're not. And that's really funny. Uh, It's kind of messed up. Good job, Microsoft, on just dropping all 10 pounds of dick on the table. Kneecapping your opponent. Jesus. It's brutal. It was a brutal, vicious assault on PlayStation. And, like, holy crap. Because they're like, neener, neener, we have exclusives. And then they bought Bethesda. And that's just funny. It's it's mean. It was mean. I actually kind of feel. I think everyone should be able to play Elder Scrolls, but uh, they. I think they've confirmed now that it will not be on PlayStation, and that's really funny. Just as a dedicated Xbox gamer, which I have a PlayStation Five. I like playing PlayStation Five games. Uh-huh. I just prefer my Xbox and the ecosystem there. And you know, with their purchase of Bethesda, there's a part of me that has this brand loyalty. That's like, man, you know. Deathloop was only 30 bucks for Black Friday. I thought about buying it for PlayStation 5, but I said, no, you know, I want to, I want to kind of show tribute to the purchase that Microsoft made and I'll wait <laughs> till it comes to Xbox and I'll play it there with my Game Pass subscription. It's like, that's what yeah. I have this I'm, for. I'll, I'll wait. I'm glad you said something because my younger brother just beat Deathloop finally and he's been raving about it to me. I thought about getting it, uh, but if it's going to be free next year, I'm not buying it. <laughs> I think that it was a either an... A nine-month or a year-long exclusivity window that they had for the PlayStation console, and I think it came out in maybe September. So, I mean, 
it'll be here before yeah. you know it. I'm always worried about saying stuff like that. Like, I'm not going to buy it because it's on the Game Pass. Uh, because I don't want them to stop putting good games on Game Pass. You know what I mean? And let's be real. I've got enough games to play as it is. I have games that I bought Black Friday 2020 that I still have downloaded on my console that I yeah. haven't played. Like, I have things to play. It's fine. I can wait. <laughs> That's Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, good job, Xbox. I don't know. Uh, that's it for me. You got anything else, Drew? That's it for me. I think that we can wrap it up for today. Well, hey, uh, this has been great. Uh, happy holiday season. Uh, whatever you celebrate. I have been Jahananon at RockFact on Twitter and at Jahananon1 on TikTok. I am Casualty CDG, a retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian. You can find me at Casualty CDG across all social medias. And don't forget to follow Fresh Out the Box, where Jahan and I play tabletop role-playing games every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. Sometimes we play board games. We interview people from the gaming industry, like creative directors uh, and game designers, basically anybody who wants to come talk about games. We love games, and games love you too. So give us a follow, and again, we're Fresh Out the Podcast also. So there's Fresh Out the Box, we play games. There's Fresh Out the Podcast, we talk about stuff. So follow us on both, like us on both. Uh, You're very good. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Drew. You can find me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. And I think that is it for episode 23 of Fresh Out the Podcast. And 10 points for Gryffindor! (laughs) Hashtag, what's your house? Us. Bye. (laughs) Bye.